Hey, it's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us here. Take control of the airwaves via our toll-free number, which is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm, so jump into one of those if you want to sound like you're sitting here in the studio with us and in that studio with you. It's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. And as I said, you can bring up whatever you want. Laurel, we're starting tonight with a surprising decision by somebody at the IMF. Now, I don't know a whole lot about the story, but you did tell me uh, briefly beforehand that uh, people who kind of know what to expect from this organization might be surprised by what they said. Let's Uh get into it. Okay, well, this is an article from NPR entitled, A Guardian of Global Capitalism Warns Capitalism Has a Problem. Okay, so right off the bat, we're thinking they're going to—they're anti-capitalist. What is this? So uh, I'm actually going to skip the first two paragraphs because they're not very interesting. Okay, thank you for that. (laughs) So okay, so we start in the third paragraph. Wendy Chen, an economist in the IMF's research department, presented the findings of an impressive study that can be found in Chapter Two of the IMF's World Economic Outlook. It's the International Monetary Fund. Yes, this is like a monster kind of bureaucratic. Banking. If you're anti-globalist, you do not like the IMF. Okay. Yeah, they lend money to third world countries. Evildoers. And Mm -hmm. then when those third world countries can't pay it back, then the IMF like makes arrangements with them. Collateral, right? In exchange for that country doing what the IMF says. Right. So it's how they take control of. There's a book written by a guy, what was it called, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, a lot of people (laughs) talk about, um, where he was involved in that kind of business, if you want to call it that. Right, right. So uh, going on, Chen gave us the sense that something fundamental in the economy has changed and that capitalism may be going haywire. The reason companies (laughs) are getting too powerful yeah, I think we've heard this line from uh, a number of Democratic uh, candidates for president. Well, they may not be wrong, necessarily. I mean, there are some mega corporations out there with mega influence uh, in government and mega protection from their buddies in government. And I it's, have... not a, it's not a left or right problem because these these corporations give money to all of them. I have right. expressed... But you see this as a problem if you think that government is ever the solution right so instead of looking at government as another corporation well right or that government is ruining capitalism not capitalism is the problem Mm -hmm. you know it's the government part that is causing the issues so there's an example that she provides so chen began her talk with a personal story in 2016 chen's six-month-old daughter lily suffered a severe allergic reaction from eating dairy shouldn't be eating dairy at six months. Anyway, Lily is okay now, but Chen and her spouse now carry EpiPens in case Lily has another attack. The first time Chen bought the epinephrine device, she was outraged by the cost, more than $600 for for a two-pack. It has been widely reported the company had raised their price 500% since 2009. Just as an aside... You can, you don't need an EpiPen to get the effects. You can go get epinephrine and Mm -hmm. just inject it. You don't need the EpiPen. And it's like 15 bucks. But people don't want to do that. The EpiPen is easier to use and insurance covers it. Anyway, uh, the EpiPen pricing tale provides an extreme example of what economists call a price markup. 
which is when a company charges a price for something that is higher than the cost of producing it. Isn't that Duh, everything? that's how you do business. <laughs> that's how you make money. <laughs> if you it, don't do that, you go out of business eventually. Right, right. In the fairy tale version of capitalism, competition takes away the power of companies to mark up their prices. No, it doesn't. So this is an editorial piece by yeah. uh, NPR yep. in this case. Yep. Um, I mean, of course, they can pepper their their news with edit- editorial comments. Maybe that's what it is as well. But yeah, um, no, I mean, yeah, competition does bring prices down. But if you if but, there's no profit in that industry, you change industries. Yeah. So right. profits a, a signal to people like if there's a lot of profit being made then that's a signal to other people saying hey there's a whole opportunity over here there's you know Uh profit to be made come on in and then Um, and then if enough people come in the profits go down Uh but they should still be making a profit otherwise they're doing something wrong with their company and then when profits go down enough then it won't be as attractive to other people to come in and kind of shake up uh, the marketplace. Although every now and then you'll see some disruptors come in, like you know Uber or Lyft, mm-hmm. that that come into an established marketplace, and then the government tries to stop them. Well, yeah, or they rather do. the other businesses get the government to stop. Exactly. Them. Yes. Okay. In the fairy tale version of capitalism, competition takes away the power of companies to mark up their prices and forces them to sell their products at the price it costs to make them. Again, not true. <laughs> when? when co- I mean, when I know, has that's that ever never happened? True. The only time that's ever happened is like as a loss leader kind of item, like yeah, you know. So uh, Christmas time, you get the Black Friday sales and it's like this deal is too good to be true kind of pricing. In a lot of cases, they may be selling it for cost or perhaps even slightly below cost. To get you in the store. In order to get you through the doors. But mm-hmm. guaranteed, the rest of the store is you know normal price or a few sale items, but they're not doing that on every item in the store. It's just you know the 33-inch TV or whatever it is that they've picked mm-hmm. as uh, what they call the loss leader. And there's a name for that too, NPR, loss leader. <laughs> it means they're taking a loss. Right, right. Chen and colleagues recently studied the price markups of jaw-dropping numbers of of a jaw-dropping number of companies, almost 1 million across 27 countries. It should really be all of them. They found that market power is growing especially in advanced countries where companies increase their markups by an average of 8% between 2000 and 2015. I guess they're they already have markups, but they're increasing those markups by 8%. Hmm. It doesn't sound like an incredible increase to me. Well, it's Okay, it's it's actually less than inflation because inflation should be about three percent per year, and this is eight percent over a period of fifteen years. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the increase in market power has occurred in a wide range of industries, from tech to pharmaceuticals to energy to finance. What is really remarkable here is that we find it's a small fraction of firms within every industry that's really driving this increase in market power. Chen said. These top-tier firms increased their markups by over 30% over the last couple decades. Again, you know, compared to inflation. The only time you can increase your markup like that is if you have, like, a guaranteed market being made for you by the government. Um, Because if you are in a situation where, let's say, you have a government-granted monopoly, you Mm -hmm. are the the power company, you're the cable company, or something like that. If there's truly no other competitor in the marketplace and the government prevents other competitors from coming in, then there really isn't anything stopping you beyond you know a, a protest and people throwing themselves into your gears. Uh, there's really nothing stopping you from raising the price. Also, similarly, if you're in an oligopoly situation where the government restricts the marketplace to only so many players, a very limited number of them, 
then to some extent they could cartelize and they could agree to raise prices together, mm-hmm. um, presuming one of the companies doesn't break the cartel and and drop their prices back down. So under those circumstances where they have a, a the, the coercive state in their pocket, basically, to be able to restrict competition – only then would you really see crazy markups like you're talking about, like 33%. Because if you mark something up 8% and my product is just as good and it's still down at the old price, well, then, you know, I'm going to get some of your business. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in an open marketplace, what you're talking about just doesn't make any sense. And it's oh. not probably an open open marketplace. They're probably talking about mega companies that have government protections. Right, right. But then also some of the tech companies that are really making the most money aren't selling anything directly to the end user. They're selling mm-hmm. advertising. Like sure. Google doesn't cost me anything to use it. Well, we sell advertising except my, too. Except my personal information, you know. Sure. Um, same thing with Facebook and stuff. So anyway, moving on. This is about more than just consumers having to pay more at the store. The IMF's economists connect rising market power to a range of worrisome trends in the overall economy. Lackluster business investment, sluggish productivity growth, declining innovation, and increasing inequality. They estimate that if price markups had had remained at their 2000 levels, GDP in the average advanced country would be about 1% higher. If market power is not kept in check, these negative impacts might actually wor- this, worsen. This is a new term for me. I've never heard market power before. And I'm curious to know what their definition is or what the definition is of so-called market power. Uh, how do you get market power? Is what does it have to do? You know, what are the factors that they're mm-hmm. considering here? Eight fifty five four fifty free is the number. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's free talk live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. And we do have the Discord on-air call-in-line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. And I want you to know about ForkFest 2019. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians Coming up this summer, it's June 13th through the 18th. I heard recently that uh, Ernest Hancock from Declare Your Independence is very excited about promoting ForkFest 2019. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot more buzz about the event this year. A lot of people are talking in the uh, ForkFest Telegram chat room, which you can get access to over at ForkFest.party. Just had uh, Taryn Lupo, longtime listeners will remember Taryn's name as a sometime co-host and uh, infrequent guest here on Free Talk Live. He sounds like he's pretty jazzed up, was talking about making a video promotion for mm-hmm. uh, for ForkFest, and he just joined the ForkFest forum earlier today. So if you haven't hopped on over there, you can do that. And the ForkFest forum is also the same forum that's uh, it's got the Free Talk Live forum on it as well. So just head over to ForkFest.party and get connected there with other ForkFesters. It's a de- decentralized libertarian camping event, meaning that there's no board of directors, there's no single person who's in charge of the event. That means there's no tickets, so you don't have to pay for tickets to go to this event. You just have to you know, get your campground or your uh, campsite or RV site. There's also a motel on the property as well, so whatever it is that you want to stay in, just get in touch with the folks at Rogers Campground. It's a beautiful location there in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. June 13th through the 18th, go to ForkFest.Party as we go to your calls and thoughts. we got more on this IMF story uh, that Laurel's sharing with us about these market 
powerful corporations. And Johnson, you you and I both went to look this one up. So we'll get into what's the definition of market power coming up here. But Dave is in New Hampshire. And Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Dave? In New Hampshire. Dave going once. Dave going twice. Maybe we'll check back. There might be some technical difficulties there on our network side. So before we get back into the story, Johnson, do you have it pulled up? If not, I've got it here. Uh, uh, no. Okay, so according to OECD.org, I'm not sure what that stands for, but uh, it's the first thing that comes up when you Google market power. Definition. Market power refers to the ability of a firm or a group of firms to raise and maintain price above the level that would prevail under competition. That is referred to as market or monopoly power. Now, isn't it interesting that NPR didn't use the more accurate term in this case, which is monopoly power? These are things, as I pointed out, you know, without ever having heard the, the term before, like that's only possible. What you were describing, mm-hmm. Laurel, in this article from NPR about they're complaining about these big corporations with all this market power. They're raising their prices Eight percent, thirty, I think, thirty-three yeah, percent. The- they said a million in twenty-seven countries. They can't have a million monopolies in twenty-seven countries. They were complaining eight percent over a period of fifteen years, and well, then thirty percent monopolies. Right? They right. Could you be should know oligopolies. About, you should know about right. the OECD, though. It's a massive organization. So the OECD is the Organization for uh, Economic Cooperation and Development. Okay. It is basically all the first world countries. Um, oh. are members of this massive kind of organization for, I guess, trade. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> you know, so like, U.S., huge... France, uh, U.K., it's, Canada. It's actually uh, headquartered in Paris mm-hmm. is the OACD. So, yeah. uh, all right, so we're going to continue here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Our number is 855-450-FREE. So clearly market power is a measurement of how protected a market actor is i mean you couldn't you shouldn't even really call them a market actor because they're they're working in a closed market they're certainly they're certainly not a free market actor mm-hmm. uh, they're not even a low regulation market these are highly regulated marketplaces where the number of competitors is extremely limited and that's the only reason why these things are and possible. the imf actually agrees with you all right but we'll get to that in a minute As for why, continuing with the article, as for why we're seeing a rising tide of market power, the IMF doesn't have solid answers. The fact that it's occurring in virtually every industry across the developed world, and I thought that was interesting, virtually every industry across the developed world suggests it may be broad technological changes that reward winning. One driver may be network effects, which makes a service get even better as more people use it and thus harder to compete against. As an example is... Facebook is a classic example. Well, this has the example as Google with Mm -hmm. billions of searches a day, each one making the next work a little better. So they have their computers learn. So the more you use it, the better it gets. Google's self-reinforcing popularity has become a moat filled with sharks for competitors. Right? Like it's become Google and... uh, I mean, I use it, and I bet a lot of other people are using that. I try not to, but Bing just isn't as good. I'm sorry, Bing. Get better. (laughs) I want to use you. Well, I mean, there are some alternatives that don't have, you know, the big mega corporations behind them. DuckDuckGo, StarPage.net. Right. These Mm -hmm. are two that, well, they cut a piggyback off of Google, from what I understand, but they they make it so you're searching anonymously, or at least as much as anonymous as as you can get uh, through a, you know. I've given up on any of them being good. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. they've never, you know, 
I've never. They're just not returning the results like Google does. Oh no, yeah, I've never found a search engine that even comes close. Wow. Personally, from my personal opinion, I don't know. So even the ones that are using Google's data are somehow manipulating the results in a way that makes it undesirable for or you? Or not manipulating the results because I go ahead and I use all the, all the things like, yeah, privacy is being violated. Yeah, to personalize my search results. Right, Thanks. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty convenient. Um, I, look, we are in this, to some extent, we're in the age of a loss of privacy. Mm-hmm. It's you know been going on for a couple of decades now here, pretty, pretty steady. And Johnson's absolutely right. There are some benefits <laughs> to getting rid of your privacy. I'm not saying people should get rid of their privacy, but it's getting harder now to be as private as you can There's be. There's a fantastic book that's a play on words of the uh, the old Howard Stern movie, Private, private Parts. Parts. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, book is by author Jeff Jarvis, who's been covering kind of technology and some of these issues for quite a long time, mm-hmm. uh, named Public Parts. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's basically a book about the benefits of being more public online. And it kind of catalogs one of the issues that he catalogs in there is he had um, prostate cancer Hmm. and went public about it online and like basically started self-documenting the entire process of what it's like to go through that. And, you know, it's that's a pretty personal issue. Sure it is. So, you know, he went and, and, you know, all the benefits that he gained from doing that because... You know, what people was the able benefit? to share experiences and so, talk to him and give him medical information and you know all sorts of stuff that you he wouldn't was able get. to make connections that yeah. he otherwise wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, and you know, also on the the Google aspect that you were talking about, I use the Google Mail program for mm-hmm. the Free Talk Live Mail. When you send mail to us at freetalklive.com, it's it's going through Google, and uh, you log in through <laughs> Gmail, and they've got hosted mail there. So they are now completing my sentences for me. Oh, well, Creepy. Right. <laughs> Creepy. It's, if if you want Google, them to. If you want them to. Google's your girlfriend. If you want them to. <laughs> as you're typing now on Google's mail service, and I don't know if they've rolled this out to everybody. Good. I find it to be, everybody, I, I, I hear, well, everybody, I read online by a lot of like tech bloggers and whatnot. They're like, it's so amazing. It does such a good job. It's not for that me, smart it's yet. been terrible (laughs) it's not that smart no it's like utterly terrible but sometimes it gets it right like sometimes it's what i was going to say and then all i have to do is hit tab and it just fills in the rest of the line it'll get a word or two right for me occasionally it never gets a sentence i'm sure it has funny suggestions that there's more on the way no i haven't laughed at it really (laughs) uh maybe laughed at how inept it's been but uh, you know it's it's a start johnson yeah (laughs) 855-450-3 that's 855-450-3 marty was marty had a start too three three that's complete Did you know you can legally exit the U.S. federal income tax system? Well, it's true, and thousands of American nationals are doing it. The 16th Amendment and the Internal Revenue Code are legal, but only in a limited jurisdiction. This is the basis behind the voluntary nature of the income tax. Learn the exit strategy provided by Congress. Find out more by visiting WeissParis.com and watch our numerous videos. That's W-E-I-S-S-Paris.com. It is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms. Head over to discord.lrn.fm and jump into one of those, and then you'll sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us, including me, Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. And thanks to Ben Riley, by the way, who is a Free Talk Live silver amplifier. That means Ben gives five bucks a month to our AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is 
You send five bucks a month in, we take that and invest it into Free Talk Live so we can get on more radio stations around the country, bring new internet listeners on board with the show, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you like what we do here, then please join the AMP program. You can use PayPal, credit card, or Bitcoin BTC at amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get some cool perks as well. We're going to try David New Hampshire one more time. I'm told that he is there now and that everything should be working. Dave, are you with us? Yeah. Excellent. We've, we have uh, we've talked a few times over the years about uh, Croydon, New Hampshire. Yeah, that's a small town where there was a Supreme Court case that uh, what did the court decide in that case that uh, there had to be some kind of like guarantee of education by the government? No, it was no. more like they they were legitimizing the effort to sort of do uh, school choice. Oh, okay. It was actually a good case because there was one Supreme Court case that said that the government basically had to provide uh, some kind of education. So uh, Croydon kind of uh, gave some level of school choice. Yeah, uh, there's a free stater who is the chair of the school board there, and oh, I think okay. has been off and on for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was probably part of, of uh, making it so that, that the kids, you know, in that district could, could or at least you know, in Croydon, could uh, choose their school. They can choose, I think, pretty much any any school. It's not a religious school, and uh, uh, so, so uh, that's. Uh, that has resulted in a, uh, uh, I guess, a couple things that happened. First of all, people have started, apparently, according to the, the regional paper, they've started flooding to move there. Oh, and awesome. They're starting, it's, like Adam, it's like Adam Smith used to say, number one indicator of a successful society is an increase in population. Now, when you say people, do you mean like free staters, libertarian people migration? Uh, people or no, just, just any people, old people? People with kids, they want, to, they want to bring their kids to live in a place like that where they can choose their school. But I thought that uh, that was true for a lot of New Hampshire. It's, not, it's just Croydon? I don't know. I think Croydon may be a little bit of a special case. Uh, okay. Partly, again, because they, they've got a, a libertarian on the, you know, running the school, or not running, but the, chairing the school board. Gotcha. And the, I guess, it was like a class or something that they went, they shot up from 45 students, not a class, I'm sorry, 5 through 12, the grades, I guess it was 5 through 12 grades, have uh, gone from 45 students to 60 students. Jeez, that's a lot of, uh, a lot of kids in a class. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't think that uh, you would want to necessarily get excited to, to move somewhere because of government schools. Are you saying it's government school classrooms that have sixty students in a class? Well, I don't know about that. I just know that if you if you're there, you you have some some degree of school choice. Mm-hmm. See what I had heard, Dave, and it's it's too bad none of us. I mean, uh, Laura, you've yeah. got kids, but they're already mostly grown up. Yeah. Um, in private school, etc. But uh, you know, it's it's too bad we don't have somebody who's a little more knowledgeable on this because my understanding is. Some of the Democrats in New Hampshire are very upset because uh, there's some sort of program in in New Hampshire that allows parents to do what you're talking about is use um, some sort of allocation of of funds to send, like you were saying, a kid to a non-religious school, a private school. But again, I'm the last person to ask about this. I just kind of hear things through the grapevine. Um, So maybe somebody out there who knows a little bit more about it can, uh, can call in. There is there is some, something going on at the state level, and there was a Supreme Court hearing over that. I don't know if there was a Supreme Court hearing on Croydon or not, 
Uh, actually, it may have been over just a statewide issue. Do you know you when could, that uh, Supreme Court uh, hearing was? Was there a decision or was it just being uh, reviewed now? There was one that I attended about five years ago, but it's been, it's been back back before the, the court since then, and I don't really know exactly where it stands You right attended? Now. You mean you went to Washington to watch? Uh... No, he's talking about New, New Hampshire oh, Supreme oh, Court. Oh, 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 okay. Well, yeah. Dave, uh, thanks for bringing that up tonight. Uh, I don't uh, know one, what else we can other, say about it. Thing. Am I still on? Hello? Yeah, you're, you're here. I just, like I said, I don't know what else we can say about it, so go ahead. Yeah, there's one other thing that was interesting. I guess there, there's an issue. There's now become an issue with keeping houses on the market. Houses are apparently getting sold as soon as they're put on the market in Croydon. Okay. Thank people you for like, the call tonight, Dave. I appreciate it. People Sorry. like to have the power to make their own decisions. How about that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, what would be nice if all these uh, parents moving into the one place would actually like protest together and just refuse to pay the money to the state in the first place then what are they going to do wait a minute though you said people like making their own decisions that's not necessarily true apparently if you're a democrat you like to be told what to do and by a bureaucrat that maybe you choose maybe you don't what are you referring to i'm referring to the fact that these democrats want to take people's choices away Mm. it's it's not you know they're they're the ones who are against the free choice in this particular instance. Or, or right? how it's about the, this? The ones who are voting that way. The choice is that they want to send their kids to public school. So it's not that they don't want their they don't want to be able to make a choice. It's just that they've made their choice and they want everybody to, to have for their it. choice. But it's not like Johnson. It's not like the Republicans are leading some charge to no. uh, get the government out of education. No, they all believe a little most bit. of them. Yeah, I think a maybe little bit. Not some not, of not them. A huge maybe. charge, but yeah. a little bit. I mean, tweaking at the edges of this massive system just for people that don't, don't know. Poorly, you know, like there were these there were these threats right that that Betsy DeVos was going to do this right this is at the national level this is at the mm-hmm. national level that they were, we were going to suddenly see this huge influx of school right choice. she's a homeschooling but, yeah. mom so she's going to destroy the national right. education but the massive cowardice on the part of these people to actually get anything done you know so yeah, yeah, I have really mixed feelings about Betsy DeVos doing it because I, I like that it would be happening, that we would be increasing school choice. I don't like that the federal government is telling the states what to do. So I have such well, mixed has feelings. Has anything like that happened? What do you mean? At the national level? I She's been trying, but no, she has had very little success. I, know I mean, she when got you say she's been nine. trying, what does that mean? She's been pushing school choice and she's mm-hmm. been uh, talking about it. When but she can't do anything without she Congress? She really can't. Well, it's, there's... There's not that much that the federal government can do because so much of education is in the hands of the state. So there's things where there can be. Um, yeah, but the feds, uh, one of the big complaints used to be that the feds would give 6% of the funding to state governments for schools, but mm-hmm. control 90% of the decisions. Right. So, I mean, that's my understanding of what it was like. I don't think that's changed in any way, shape, or form under Betsy DeVos. And uh, so, I mean, just. The, this whole idea that some personality is going to come into bureaucracy mm-hmm. and completely reform it or even do anything more than just barely scratch the surface is pure fantasy. I agree. However, it's still good to have somebody saying, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't think uh, public school is the end all be all. I think maybe there's government something else. School. Right. Yeah. Government school. That there may be something better. It's it's good to have more people saying it and more people of authority. Like the more people, well, not that we like authority, but the more people who are saying it, the better. Yeah, I don't believe in authority, personally. These right. are just men with guns uh, who are willing to force their way on on people, which is why I say, you know, it's a dream to imagine what would happen 
if you had a dozen families who basically said, yeah, we're just not going to pay for the government schools. We'll go ahead and homeschool our kids or unschool them. We're going to pull them out. And here in Keene, where we're doing the show, this is the southwestern corner of New Hampshire, the property taxes are roughly 70% are for education. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I mean, that's insane. So we're talking about on a house like this, which is about a $200,000 house that it's the, the value that it was purchased at, um, you're looking at six. Thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand dollars a year in taxes on that. Mm-hmm. So you know, do the math. Seventy percent out of eight thousand dollars in taxes is a huge chunk of change that every parent uh, could you know really do something with. And if that money was actually being spent in a marketplace for education, then the kids would get better educations, way better than in, they would from the government. In schools. a minute, I have a pretty quick story about the police and school and my kids. Oh boy! All right, more coming up here. Uh, your calls and thoughts welcome. Whether it's on schools or privacy or whatever you want to discuss, this is Free Talk Live, and more on deregulation too. Yes. Still to come. Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here and take control of the airwaves. We've been talking about the economy and this propaganda piece in the uh, NPR that you've been sharing with us, Laura. We're going to get back into that story. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. And you can bring up whatever you want. We ended up talking about education as well. I know you've got a story that you wanted to share with us. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. It's 855 855- Four five zero three seven three three and Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin Cash related. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a Bitcoin Cash wallet, buy some Bitcoin Cash, and even show you where you can spend your Bitcoin Cash. You can read the latest news or engage with the community on the Bitcoin forum over at Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com as we continue here. So uh, we were talking about alternatives to government education Mm -hmm. and we talked about private schools government schools so you had a story yeah my daughter was uh she was in public school for a little while she was in public school from kindergarten to the fifth grade i think Mm -hmm. so around maybe third grade i was pulling the kids out of school for a week to go to disney world and so i i informed the principal of the school i'm taking my daughter out for a week we're going to go to disney world and the principal told me that i was not allowed to do that what do you mean (laughs) she's not your daughter (laughs) well the principal said that's not an excused absence family and i said but it's a family vacation i'm taking her out she's not just you know not showing up and you allow up to 10 absences a year Uh so this will be five she's fine she hasn't missed too many classes and she said but it's not an excused absence so you can't do it what do you mean i can't do it i mean if you do this i will refer you over to the police and they will uh they will give you a citation just coming right out with it yeah she said after three days you'll get a citation uh on Mm. the fourth or fifth day a policeman will show up at your house wow and I said, well, what if I, you know, what if I don't pay? So then he'll arrest you. Um, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm taking my, you're, you you're didn't telling know. me. You're an attorney and you didn't know what would happen. Did you just ask that for the, for the effect? Uh, well, you must I, have known, It's right? not something we cover in immigration law, really. Okay. Wow. So yeah, they were going to send a cop to my house for, I said, really, you're going to arrest me. That's what me. happens every time you don't pay a fine. Just so you know, men with guns will come. Right. You're going to arrest me for taking my children to Disney In World. front of your children, they will arrest yeah, you. Yeah, and then and they'll take your children. She's like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't make the rules. You know, I'd love to see someone like this. I mean, I'm so glad that I'm not in one of these things because I know what my answer would be. Would be you like, mean you're not a parent? In, that I'm not like a parent. A that I'm not, you know, I don't have to deal with the public school because I'd be like, well, your name is a matter of public 
public record. So now I'm going to look up where you live, and you better hope you don't have any property violations because obviously you can't exercise any sort of free will, and we need to report every single violation. Right. So if you have anything that violates any of the city ordinances and codes, it's going to be reported. You better be on your best behavior. So you're more than happy to, uh, you know. Do, Threaten them right back. Right back. <laughs> actually, oh, yeah. what I did was I looked at some of the bylaws for the schools, and I sent her the section that says actually the principal gets to decide what an excused absence is. Oh, so she didn't even know her right. Own she rules. did not know that not. she could actually make the she decision. She just is a petty tyrant. Yeah. But what her administration told me, one of her administrators sort of took me aside and said, "Here's how you do it: you withdraw your daughter from school because you're, you're allowed to withdraw your kids from school and you know homeschool them, whatever you want to yeah. do, and you're also allowed to change your mind." I see. So the uh, assistant says you withdraw her from school, and then when you get back, you re- re-enroll her, and everything's fine. And she said that's how everybody does it. Like this so, is ridiculous. Why? Why? So this other bureaucrat advised you yes. on the loophole. Yes. And apparently that's the way everybody does it. And mm-hmm. the reason that the school doesn't try to stop people from doing that, um, but they do try to stop people from the first one, is the school gets their funding based on how many days of attendance of the students have but they don't have to count students who aren't enrolled. are withdrawn uh, it's about money for the school of course it is it's about money and control yes of course, but yeah yeah wow thank you for sharing that uh, that story i'm sure other parents mm-hmm. can relate uh, to having an experience like that and mm-hmm. you know one of my other uh you know dreams i'd love to see parents do someday is Get one of these conversations on the record. Pull out a video camera and start recording these school bureaucrats and the ridiculous things that they say. Mm -hmm. Because frequently we'll hear stories like yours over the years of doing this show. We've heard, you know, similar outrageous stories of how bureaucrats at government schools behave. to arrest me for taking my children to Disney World. Yes. Hold on. Let's get this on the record. What did you just say? Of course, better if you had the camera running the the entire time. And then, of course, you would likely see some very uh, nasty reactions right up front because a lot of bureaucrats do not like being recorded. Uh-huh. They like being able to threaten you in private. They don't want their threats to go out where other people can see them. And they know that that's what they're going to do. So they're going to get threatened by the fact that you have the camera and will respond like a cornered animal, basically, Mm -hmm. demanding that you, I mean, likely demanding that you leave their office, turn the camera off, that you have no right to record, that they don't consent uh, to your recording and so on and so forth. Well, look, these are government bureaucrats. Mm -hmm. They are on the job, and you are the person that they are forcing to pay for their salary. So, to some extent, you have a right to record what they do. Now, that doesn't mean you can follow them into the bathroom stall, necessarily. (laughs) But otherwise, if they are saying you need to come talk to them, first of all, you probably have no obligation to talk to them, just like with the police. But Mm -hmm. if you're going to go meet with them, why not get it on the record? What do they have to hide? The old question about, you know, people and, well, wow, what do you got to hide? You know, like the, the response to people who actually want to be private. Uh-huh. Well, the same thing's true for them. They're public employees. And so they should not have anything to hide. They should be able, whatever it was when they were going to say. When discussing public business, yeah. Or, or your own private business mm-hmm. with them. Because you can make it public if you would like to by right. simply pulling out a video camera. Mm-hmm. But they don't like that. And uh, I've, I've advised uh, people who are... Uh, kids at the school to try this but of course they have rules in some places they can't have a phone or right. at certain times can't have a phone but there's no way they can tell you as a parent walking into a parent teacher conference or walking in to speak with a bureaucrat in the office or whoever 
that you can't record that that interaction, but you never see it. Nobody ever does it. It's very rare. The only time you see videos out of school are like I just the other day saw some cops dragging a 16-year-old girl down a flight of stairs. So every now and then you'll see some kind of physical abuse on uh-huh. the part of like school cops or whatever, but when's the I mean has anyone ever seen like footage of some school bureaucrat just losing their s in front of parents or threatening parents? Or threatening one of the students like openly, it's very rare that anything like that uh, comes forth because I think people aren't of the mindset of I need to get this on the record. Mm. Now, to some extent, some people have been trained to do that with the police. We've seen a better ability of the average person to be willing to pull out a video camera, especially when it's somebody else who's being victimized by the police to record that happening so we've seen a lot more of that because everybody has a camera nobody wants to see their fellow man be harmed like that and so it's it's the one thing that the average person can do in that circumstance besides yelling at the cops i can think of a few fellow men that i wouldn't mind that seeing that happen to but go okay. on <laughs> uh, well whatever floats your boat but a few, a few choice people generally most people can <laughs> empathize with uh, with their fellow man and uh, or woman and they don't want those things to happen so they do the right thing and they pull out their camera even though there are, there's some risk uh to pulling out a video camera in front of an angry cop. There's a chance they can turn against you and trump up some charges or maybe smash your camera or perhaps beat you uh, for doing that. So I'm grateful for everybody that that takes those risks. Incidentally, if I had uh, recorded any conversation with the principal against her will, my daughter would have killed me. I wanted to, the, the school had a dress code and I wanted her to break the dress code. Oh, I yeah. I wanted her to wear the wrong socks or something like that. And she would like, and I would talk to her about this, like, let's do the pink socks instead of the white Ooh. socks. And she's like, mom, just let me wear the uniform. Oh, that's yeah, so she's sad. Like, mom, stop making a scene. <laughs> See, she didn't know she had a cool mom in that case, because that's pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, a mom that's actually willing to encourage school civil disobedience. Well, I told her not to do her homework, and she's like, ah, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> was this Tricks like reverse psychology? Want obedient children. <laughs> right. No, Tell it was them like, not to. It yeah. was like first, second grade. I said, it's ridiculous for them to give you homework before the fourth grade. There's actually been some studies that it doesn't help, and it just makes the kids miserable, and then they sure. start hating school. So I said, they should not be giving homework before age four. Don't do it. If if they give you homework, don't even do it. And she wow. just said, I'm just going to do the homework, Mom. Okay? Just let me do and my homework. this wasn't like a uh, brilliant tactic of yours to get her to do the homework. No, I wanted no. her to not do it. Okay. On principle. Toll-free number tonight is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We got more on this uh, deregulation, which... Yeah, we started the very beginning of the hour story about the IMF, mm-hmm. uh, NPR reporting, and I don't know even how you know what at what point we are in that story. There's a couple bit. paragraphs left, okay. but it does have a surprise ending in the final paragraph. Yeah, so they're talking about these mega companies that keep increasing what they describe as market power, mm-hmm. which we looked up the definition of that, and that is basically any amount of uh, amount over the typical level of profit made in an open competitive market, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. So it's an ability that certain companies have because they're essentially granted a protective monopoly or oligopoly status by governments. We'll get into it uh, deeper here in just a little bit. Hour number two is on the way. You can take control of the airways here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. If you want to join us, 855-450-3733. Then, uh, Johnson, you've got a story about the workers, and we'll get into that too. It's Free Talk Live. This is Michael Dean from the Freedom Fiends. I've run websites since 1996 and have used over a dozen web hosts in that time. Agoristhosting.com is the only one that hasn't broken my heart. 
Agrist Hosting's uptime and service is stellar, and their DDoS mitigation is the best I've seen. That's important because if you tell the truth in this world, you'll ruffle feathers. And some people will try dirty tricks to silence your voice. No matter what the haters hit us with, Agorist Hosting keeps our websites online. If you have a mission-critical commercial presence or a world-changing activism site, you cannot tolerate any skullduggery. So go with agoristhosting.com. Have a WordPress or blog site, but you're not satisfied with performance or uptime? Or just want raw hosting? Want to pay with Bitcoin? Agris Hosting specializes in high-performance hosting with personalized service. Go to agoristhosting.com and click on the button that says Get Hosted. That's agoristhosting.com. It is Free Talk Live. You may dial toll-free. Take control of the airwaves here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm where you can join and, as I say, talk about anything you want. That's the point here on Free Talk Live. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. I'm Laurel. I'm Johnson. So, Laurel, uh, let's... Give a recap here for our listeners maybe just tuning in at the very beginning of the show. We started at what I would call a uh, propaganda piece by NPR uh-huh. where they are talking about... Do they ever do anything else? Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes they've got some pretty fair reporting on like local <laughs> issues here in, in New Hampshire. But yeah, they're definitely pro-government because you know, obviously they're funded to some extent by... By tax dollars. Now, mm-hmm. I think it's only like 10%, so they could cut themselves loose if they wanted to, but, I mean, who doesn't want free money? <laughs> uh, so, the article is about the IMF looking at sort of the global financial situation and some people complaining because capitalism is failing, they said. Well, and- they said it's wor- it's. It's becoming too capitalist, that there are corporations that are making too much money. And they're giving examples of these corporations, what they call market power, uh, that basically is is defined by how able the corporation is to raise prices above what a normal competitive market would allow for. Meaning they've got some sort of special ability, some kind of protection by government. But yet they're not talking about that in NPR. They're not calling it monopoly power. They're calling it market power. And they're Mm -hmm. just making it sound like these corporations have gotten this way because that's the way it is and they're just big because they're big. Well, they're saying they're, you know, they're greedy is what they're implying. That they're raising prices because they can and they don't care about the people. Right. But they're suggesting what they're suggesting is, is that it's the market that has allowed this, Uh that it's look, they've got all this market power. They have done this through the market. And what they've done is they've gotten power through governmental processes. And actually, IMF agrees with you, as they said. So continuing on with the article, there's nothing it says. This is actually kind of surprising that it says this. Uh, There's nothing inherently wrong with a product being provided by a bigger company. If that's the most efficient way it's done, economists usually don't pass judgment. But the IMF says increased concentration is having nasty side effects that are slowing growth. When companies increased build, concentration of what? I uh, I don't know. I think they mean okay. increased concentration of power, increased concentration I of see. market okay. share in fewer companies. When companies build stable pipelines of profits and don't have to worry about competition, then yep. they don't have to invest and innovate as much. That's true. 
Others, but then, you know, some of the biggest companies right now are also the biggest innovators. And that would be the tech companies. Aren't they on the? Are they though? Aren't, aren't they on the edge of of what? I mean, tech is companies new? are not subject to monopoly control in most or monopoly situations in most most circumstances. Mm-hmm. Tech companies are one of the least regulated sets of uh, industries out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you create a uh, piece of software. Thankfully, in the United States, there's not a software licensing board that you have to go in front of to get some sort of software review by a bureaucrat who's going to go over your code and make sure that it's blah, blah, blah. So there's like, you know, the FCC does regulate electronic devices to some extent to make sure they don't purportedly interfere with one another. But we're not talking about devices. We're talking about software. You're talking about Google and, well, people and things just, like that. People just don't understand yet how much their safety is at risk. When these unregulated coders are able to create software, if people understood how much danger there actually was around the software, well, this is what like, they would. This is what they would say if they wanted to create regulations. And we are seeing uh, news coming but, out of like there's going to be headline. From it's what CNET. they say about everything that they create these licenses with, right. and there's always very little danger. Right, that they need because the licenses don't really do anything because they're not magic. So here's a headline from uh, CNET.com. The UK to unleash internet safety czar on Google, Facebook, and Twitter. So they're not going to regulate their software per se, but they are going to regulate what they do with it and tell them how they can implement the software. So it's they're already, the tendrils of the state are getting into these areas. They're but- basically they, they're saying, well, America needs to have an advantage somewhere. Right. So if Europe starts uh, regulating their software industry, you know, we can be assured that Europe will not be a leader in innovation in software. You know, it's interesting (laughs) on the the discussion of the copyright Article 13 in the European Parliament. A Mm -hmm. lot of the discussion was very anti-American. They were saying all these tech companies are in the United States and they think they can do anything they want. Well, that's going to be the problem, Johnson, is it's not going to benefit Americans when Europe cracks down on these companies because the companies will likely just implement the European scheme across the whole planet. I don't know about that. A lot of companies talked about pulling out. Well, that'd be great if they actually did that. It's becoming too cumbersome. For them, okay. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it, the benefits are you know don't outweigh the you know there's costs. There's just right? so yeah. much cost. I mean, there's so much cost to just being involved with Europe, and there's not that much profit because of these regulations. That even complying with them, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I and hope stopping. They- it's starting to like they've they've made it so bad that now it doesn't even make economic sense. So it's like, well. Bye. Just leave. Right. And a lot up. of a lot of what they're talking about with Article 13, they're 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 giving these directives, and there's no way to implement them. So I think maybe some of the tech companies right. are like, we really can't. Right. So the last sentence of this paragraph, I think you're going to like Ian. Mm. Others warn economic power leads to political power, which mm. can lead to another kind of moat that blocks competition. Well, they don't really say what that moat is, but I think we all know regulations. Exactly. Yeah. Regulations that are under the guise of improving the industry, but really that's there for protection. Ele- yeah, eliminating. They don't protect the consumers as uh, they want you to believe. They're actually just protecting the establishment. And uh, we go to your calls and thoughts. We've got Matthew in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Yeah, how about that? Y'all just talking about tech, and I was just going to tell you my experiences with uh, Facebook. Yeah, sure. And why I deleted the app from my tablet. Okay. It wasn't. I knew that they were data mining me. Okay. I was like, all right, this is part of the deal. They're not charging me for this, but so they want some data for me, so they can sell me stuff. I guess you know, 
And I really confuse them as to what to sell me because I, my mind wanders a lot. Uh, and what bothered me the most, however, was when I was not on the app, the app was still on, monitoring everything my tablet was doing hmm. and draining the batteries flat. I was like, wow. oh, come on, man. Is not off, does not off mean off to you guys? And apparently with Facebook, no, off does not mean off like it does to everybody else. Yeah, and so this was I, just your tablet, right? Your tablet doesn't have GPS on it. Well, it does. Oh, it does. I mean, it does? A lot of tablets don't. Yeah, a lot of tablets yeah. don't have GPS, but Facebook wants to know where you are at all times now, too. Kind of creepy. Right. Yeah, which room you're in. Which, you know, Google has that kind of granular detail on you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Sundar uh, Pinchal probably knows what I look like nude, and that probably keeps him up at night. <laughs> 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 like oh god i can't unsee that <laughs> but so you said uh, you uninstalled their app you're still using their program on a desktop computer i check in once a month okay yeah it sounds like you've I got it under control really changes. you know my uh my son he always posts something from wwe he's a big wwe fan mm-hmm my uh, sister-in-law will have some, you know, cute cat picture. And that's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. My good friends have important messages yep. for me. No, they don't. Yeah, every <laughs> now and then I'll hear about, like, some drama going on on Facebook. And I, I tend to agree with you. You know, the same stuff continues to uh, to go on there. People are in the libertarian world arguing with one another about, you know, relatively inconsequential things uh, rather than, you know, actually getting things done. They're spending uh, more time picking each other apart than you know focusing f- on what they want to accomplish. I finally left for that reason. It was you just, left Facebook entirely. Yeah. Well, I have a, a separate account. It's just a small one where I'm mm-hmm. only friends with my family and with just a couple of other people. I have like you know on on this little account, I've got like ten Facebook. I got gotcha. Yeah. All right. So sounds like y'all got it under control, Matthew. Thanks for sharing your call no. with us tonight. And when I uninstalled uh, the Facebook app, it was years before I actually quit Facebook. So it was probably one of the earlier steps that I took. And one of the things that got me to uninstall it was the fact that they then decided to split the app into at least three different (laughs) apps. And they kept growing the size of the original app. So it ended up being hundreds of megabytes in size. Um, And, like, what is it doing exactly? Why does it keep getting so large? What is the problem with this app? Uh, You know, how how much spying is it doing? Uh, I have no idea. I had no idea. It it got rid of it. And uh, you can replace it with free apps that kind of do the same thing. Free Talk Live. Dial in. Toll free. Bring up whatever is on your mind. Our number is 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. That's 855 450 3733. We do have the Discord on air call in line rooms. And if you are an individual who rejects the initiation of force and you agree to abide by the ethics of the non aggression principle, then you ought to check out liberty.menu. It is a tool for the liberty community to allow you to share the thing that you do, the thing that you want to share with folks. Maybe it's your digital content that you create, perhaps it is the business that you run or the event that you run or want to promote, you can create an entry for any of those categories over at liberty.menu. Plus, listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social networking aspect there. 
so you can connect and share with others. It's liberty.menu. You can use code FTL like Free Talk Live. Get a special listener badge there at liberty.menu. Let's go back to your calls and thoughts. Sarah is in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. As I had mentioned before, that I, I'm really calling this show to reach the listeners. Right, you don't actually want to talk to us. You just want to get a uh, message out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right, what is it tonight? Things, one of the things that I brought up is that, that our, we need to pay our legislature a salary. Well, why don't you give them some money then? I mean, you get all this money from the government. Why don't you just turn it right, right back around to them? What are you talking about? That's I, I have enough, hardly enough to live on. I could barely, after I pay my rent, there's nothing hard. Well, I mean, I if you can't scrape together some money for the legislature, then you obviously don't care that much. You want somebody else to do it? Well, I mean, look. Are, are you only, saying you can't find $5 that you could send to a poor, starving legislator? <laughs> well, look, do you like to, how come you go to the hotel? Do you like to work for free? You want to work for free just to pay your rent and buy food and tell you what, what you could spend? Is that how what you like? A lot of why, people do volunteer do work. I would say I Americans work. do like volunteer work. Wait, why do you think it's okay to work partially for free? Well, I mean, that, what I'm saying is I'm bringing, I'm bringing this work like 100 years ago. I get what I, you're I saying, but if you don't think it's okay to work for free, why is it okay to work and have half of your paycheck taken from you to go to causes that you may or may not support. Why is that okay? Why is it that you get to choose what other people's money goes to? I'm I'm trying to think about our legislature. Okay, they're working for free right now, but they're doing an inefficient job. They get paid a per diem rate. They're not working for free. And they don't work full-time. The legislature in New Mexico is not full-time. So you're lying when you say they don't get paid. They do get paid, and you know it. Okay, but okay, but okay, but let's just pa- so let's just go right beyond the fact work- that I was telling a lie. All right, next. Okay, how is it okay? Okay, if they're always with a school paying job, how are they how are they supposed to pay their bill if it's, all the money goes to a hotel and, and gas and traveling? Okay, spend? different states handle yeah, this so differently, different. and there are states where they do pay like a regular salary, and those legislators work full time. So that they can uh, justify their full-time salaries. And I'm not sure that that is a good thing when in other states they manage to do it in a much shorter period of time. So what's the advantage? Having more laws? One, boo-hoo. Two, take out a loan. Go into debt like most other Americans have How about share the hotel room? How about, you know, six of them climb into bed together? How about don't make as many laws? Well, yeah, that'd be nice. How about they just go home? How come you go to the um, Acapulco and stay in hotels and eat at restaurants? Why don't you work for free? <laughs> you want everybody else to work for free? You want them to be treated like garbage? You Actually, we went to Acapulco. They paid for our tickets, but um yeah i paid for most of the food that i ate while i was there and sarah actually i'm well, a volunteer you, here you i don't get paid you need to work for free you need to work for volunteer why do you get paid to eat at restaurants and stuff like that that's not fair well I we do offer you like a gas stipend but you've you refused do. It. i've declined refused but i'm just it. letting her know that some people work for free <laughs> right because they want to and here in new hampshire the state legislator they get a small amount of money it's not really 
commensurate with what they're doing. However, there's a lot of competition on election day. So obviously there are plenty of people who would be happy to do this to get the small service amount of pay. Right. for their government. That's how they see it. They're doing a service for their community and they are happy to volunteer to do it. In fact, they're fighting over it to the point where there's elections. So the states where they're paying dollars $60, $70,000 per person, like how it is in California and Pennsylvania, isn't that just a big waste of money when in places like New Hampshire, they get their legislator legislature for a lot less? Well, what, I, what I'm speaking to the voters is I'm not arguing with you in again. again. I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you guys, okay? Because you guys live in New Hampshire, okay? I'm talking to the, the voters of New Mexico, but we're in the if, if okay. So I actually don't know off the top of my head how much the legislators get paid in $100 New Mexico. hundred dollars a year in New Hampshire. I'll uh-huh. tell you that. Plus, there's a gas stipend in New Hampshire. New Mexico gets a daily stipend. We've looked it up before, and it's you know it's nothing small. Like it's a decent. Uh, I'll pull it up for you. Go so ahead. they're actually getting more in New Mexico than they are in New Hampshire. So this is actually a good comparison. Maybe I'm not sure this, what it all shakes out to for this discussion. But if you're saying they're not making enough. $161 a day in New Mexico. Okay. And yeah. they're together for a few months, I think, at a time. I believe they... Probably once every two years. Months. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that this is holding our state back. How? Because we need to make it... Okay, because... She wants always, more laws. She wants she's more laws. what Sarah's gunning for. She's gunning to, to get her name out there on the radio so that she can run for office so she can get that sweet $161 a day. <laughs> well, she wants to raise it. She wants to get more and than that. And then raise it, Yeah. yeah. So she can well, steal I mean, from this, the taxpayers too. This worked a hundred years ago steal when everybody took horses three weeks to ride from ride a horse and buggy to Santa Fe. Three weeks. Okay, all they had was cow farms. All they had was ranches. They did everything in a month. Next year they did everything in two two months, and they rode the horse back. It worked well a hundred ten years ago. You know, this is holding our state back. How? To How's it holding your state business. back? Be more specific. She's, she's, tr- she's right. It's holding the state back because if the state government had more time to pass more laws. They'd be like California, which has a crazy number of regulations and laws because they have a full-time legislator that wants to justify their salaries. California legislators make the most, I think, in the country. I mean, people are still keeping a large portion of their income. The state is clearly failing. And what, we need New right. Mexico? I mean, if people are keeping any of their money and are able to make choices for themselves, can you imagine the horror? People have to stop making choices for themselves and stop being able to spend their own money on whatever they want willy-nilly. We have to make sure that the state gets all the power and all the money. Which so, is, that's what Sarah's proposal is. So right. Sarah, the, where I really disagree with you is that you seem to be, this. Your your theory seems to be predicated on the idea that being a state legislator should be a full-time job. Uh, just completely for the whole two years of each session, it should be a full-time job. And I strongly disagree with that. I think that it should be just maybe a couple of weeks every two years the way that it is in Texas. How about we just get rid of it entirely? I mean, what's the point? (laughs) It's just an old, stupid, violent tradition that people hold on to. They cling to the state because they're afraid of what would happen without it. And to me... That's an exciting possibility of what would happen without this just wretched old idea that needs to go away. Maybe it'll go away sometime uh, in our lifetimes, but that's pretty optimistic. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. You love Bitcoin. It's the future, right? Well, no, not if everyone stops using it. 
I mean, think about it. How many places in your town take Bitcoin? One? None? Let's be real. If this Bitcoin thing is ever going to happen, it's going to need your help. The good news is the guys at AnyPay have your back. We built a website called HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. And it's a place you can send any business. And they'll be set up to take Bitcoin in five minutes. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want here. Our number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. You jump into one of those rooms, you'll sound like you're sitting here in the studio with us. It's Ian here. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. As we continue talking about uh, the economy and specifically big corporations that are just humongous and protected from any real competition by government and therefore they're able to gain what uh, some economists call market power, the ability to raise prices beyond what they would be able to get away with in a competitive marketplace – Laurel, there was more to that story that mm-hmm. you wanted to share with us. Also, I wanted to make sure that our listeners know about AnyPay because you, if, if you are in the world of retail, if you still have a you know brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop store where people come in and buy things, buy products or services, then if you want to take cryptocurrency at your point of sale, there is one system that is the best, and I've tried them all. AnyPay.global. It's a great little system programmed actually by some friends of the show, actually some 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 co-hosts of ours. Uh, in fact, next week, both the guys from AnyPay are going to be here in the studio hosting this very Tuesday night show next week. So uh, they're great guys and uh, longtime listeners know Derek J. Freeman very, very well from his regular hosting of Free Talk Live. If you've never listened to Free Talk Live before, then you don't know who I'm talking about. You'll find out. Meanwhile, go to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. They've got iOS and Android apps. The sign-up is as easy as it could be. We're talking username and password. There's no application. There's no forms to fill out. There's no waiting you just let right in. You put your cryptocurrency wallet addresses in the back end of the system at helpmetakebitcoin.com, and then you load the app on your uh, tablet device at your checkout. And that's it. You're taking Bitcoin. You're taking Zcash, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and others. If you want, it's up to you which ones you want to take. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. All right, so let's continue, uh, Laurel. You had a little bit more to your story about the IMF deregulation and these mega corporations. Yep. So the last section of the article, there's a header that says, okay, IMF, are you going to fix it? It says the IMF's recommendations are a far cry from saying we need to start breaking up companies. Instead, they say countries should ensure a level playing field and they offer some pretty modest ways to do that. Okay. Well, that, first of all, is not advocating for deregulation, right? But we're getting to that. Uh, including cutting red tape on startups, right. opening up trade restrictions, and potentially uh, potentially loosening intellectual property and patent laws. Those are all good suggestions. Yes. That's basically it. A growing course of American wonks have been calling for more aggressive antitrust enforcement. And then the NPR Go says, through that list of the things again, the three things or whatever that they should do. In cutting, cutting red tape on startups. I think they yeah. should just cut red that tape on huge. everybody. Right. Opening up trade restrictions and potentially, potentially loosening intellectual property and patent laws. Right. All of those things would be very, very good for business, mm-hmm. um, especially the, you know, for the newbies, for the people that – because normally when you hear a politician say level the playing field, what they mean is to actually make it more difficult – 
on upstarts, on people that are right. getting into a business, because the playing field isn't necessarily going to be level on a sort of natural basis, right? Somebody's going to have an advantage because of whatever position they happen to be in, mm-hmm. or maybe they earned that uh, that position. Maybe they worked real hard to become a market leader, not monopoly, because again, monopolies generally happen when governments enforce them. Right. Well, so often they loose, they level the playing field with more government interference. So what the right. IMF is suggesting... But it doesn't level the playing field it anyway because it, it raises the bar for everybody else. Right. So what the IMF is suggesting is less government interference, which I sure. think is awesome. It's great. It's great to hear that from the IMF. I doubt anyone's going to listen, but you know, because <laughs> government doesn't have an incentive to do those things. The government's incentive is to continue to create more regulations because they want more bureaucrats. Every bureaucrat manager wants to have more bureaucrats underneath them. Mm -hmm. They want to have a bigger budget for their bureaucracy. And so in order to get bigger budgets, they have to have more people. And in order to have more people, they need to have more regulations. And so their interest is to continue to increase the size and the scope of their influence and their so-called authority over whatever industry. So, I mean, the idea that some bureaucrat's going to get in there and actually call for his own job to be eliminated or call for his uh, co-workers' jobs to be eliminated, they'd put his head on a pike. Mm-hmm. You know, the teachers' union, for instance, in uh, the government schools, they don't want to hear anything about cuts to anything, anywhere. And the only time you can get a teacher to support a cut is what we've seen happen in Johnson. I think you've been there for some of these meetings. I've been uh, every single one. Yeah, so okay, far. that's what I thought. Um, these. Well, actually, didn't we skip this year, or did you go this year? I unless I, I don't know. I don't, I, we most everybody skipped it yeah. this year. Um, but every year up until this year, we've been going to these school board meetings where they have whatever the proposed budget is. That's right, because it was supposed to be in March, right? Is that when? That yeah, was early March. Early, okay. Um, so they, they have this proposed budget, and then there's usually a slightly larger proposed budget, but they're always bigger. Like, the mm-hmm. proposed budget's bigger than last year's budget, and then there's the other budget, which has other things in it. And so you'll see the teachers fight over where the extra money goes to. So that's the only time you'll hear a teacher argue against another side of the government getting larger is they want the money for their side of the government. So it shouldn't go to the music class. It should go to the physical education class. Oh, no, no, no. The, the uh, music teacher says it should go to the music class. Physical education is not as important as music. So therefore, you know, this is the kind of right, fighting. Right. It's the only thing you see. You see them squabbling over the scraps. Right. There's nobody ever saying, well, we need to cut the government by uh, 1%. See, this is one of the things happen. that baffles me about when the states talk about uh, education is they brag about how much they're spending and they or they'll say this other state is spending more we should spend mm-hmm. more right if if it were actual competition if it were capitalist then people would be bragging over the higher quality for less money i mean it's crazy that people are bragging about how much they're spending for something that's not better well, i don't know if i would use the term capitalist um because competition it, yeah if there was if there was a market and there were competition because you know you can have different forms of organization that mm-hmm. you know some people wouldn't necessarily say right off the bat that that's capitalist like if it was a commune you know would that right. be capitalist uh, no. I don't know, but one school competing against another, I think I would call capitalist. Well, it's like, what are you getting for your money? I mean, capitalism, just, capitalism just has to do with organizing you know, economies, right? Putting capital into something, right. which is what you would have to do for a school. So, I mean, but if it was run by communists, would it really be considered capitalism? Uh, I don't know. This is like one of those riddles. Yeah. So, 
capitalism is an economic or political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. That's a definition of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's not for profit, then is it capitalism? I don't, I don't think so. I so mean, I, that's a good question because a lot of private schools are nonprofit. Yeah. So they're not trying to make more money, but they're trying to get more students and they're trying to get more cloud and they're trying to offer the best Well, they price. still get paid. They do know. still get paid. Yeah. So the, the administrators and teachers are still collecting a paycheck, but it's nonprofit. But no private school ever like brags that they charge more than everybody else. Right. Which is what yeah, the states are doing happen. about their, their public schools. That's true. You know, I like what's happening in the New Hampshire legislature where there are some, you know, Democratic organizations and some uh, Democratic bureaucrats, uh, you know, who spend their time in Concord who have been lamenting the fact that a lot of the House Republicans, which are actually not necessarily Republicans, are possibly, you know, hidden libertarians from the Free State Project. Or not so hidden. But yeah, yeah. Or, or not so hidden whatsoever, um, have now popularized and made it, like, in, in lots of speeches on the House floor, uh, the phrase taxation is theft. I've heard about this. Dave Ridley called about yeah, it a couple yeah. weeks ago. So there have been some uh, very upset uh, Democrat politicians. Right. And I, I thought it was funny. There was some news article about this and I made a comment on it um, because I guess some of the Democrats thought that it would be, you know, a good thing that every time that the phrase is uttered, uh, taxation is theft, that they would donate some small amount to a charity. That's right. Yeah. And, a liberal yeah, charity. Some liberal charity. Yeah. It had to be a liberal charity that funded getting Democrats into office. Oh, that's, nice. that's the irony, yeah. right? They're, of course, they're not really giving to charity. They're giving to their own, their own election, election campaigns. Campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, what I thought was ironic on top of that, and I made a comment to this effect in an article, is that um, it's funny that they're choosing to voluntarily donate to a charity, ironically proving that taxation is not needed to get people mm-hmm, right. to fund causes that they support, that they support, right. that you can do so voluntarily and without the theft they of violence of government. They don't realize, of course, that yeah. they're doing this. No, they don't just... realize the point that they're making. Right. Uh, 855-450 free. As Antifa Dog says in the chat room, all competitive markets are not capitalism. I tend to agree. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. Ian Laurel and Johnson in studio tonight. And also want to make sure you know about all the cool features on our website, including our Discord server. We mention it a lot as a way to call in, but it's also a way for you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the co-hosts. Uh, in fact, Johnson, you're in there as Tempest and Furnace. Mm-hmm. I'm in there as FTL underscore Ian. So we're always, or I'm frequently in there pretty much every day. Uh, and you can join the conversation. There's uh, folks that you'll recognize, some of the callers, like Gene the Christian Anarchist. He's there pretty regularly. Uh, one of our next callers who's in the Discord, he's in there chatting as well. So jump on in there. There's different channels uh, in which you can have you know, topic-related conversations like cryptocurrency or gaming uh, New Hampshire, of course, we like New Hampshire a lot. And, uh, of course, general chats as well for what's going on on the air. People talking about that sometimes. It's all free, so head over to discord.lrn.fm and get started with that. There's an app that you can download for pretty much whatever operating system that you use. It's discord.lrn.fm. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. We will start with Aaron. He's in the U.K. on our Discord line. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, hello. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, um, so I wanted to talk about how the uh, education system is kind of like, uh, you know, just genuinely bad. It's also pretty bad yeah. over there, huh? 
I believe it. I mean, it's just, you know, the schools and all that, they don't deal with bullies, anything like that, you know. You're saying you're be- you've been bullied and they've done nothing about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've pretty much done nothing about it. And uh, at one point, we had to get the police involved and mm. all that. Did the police so. do anything about it? Um, Not that I'm aware of, but I think they have talked <laughs> to them. But. Well, it sounded better when you said you you got the police involved. It sounded like something would have happened, but no, sadly, they well, were. What kind of bullying so. are you talking about? Where the police said you? Oh, involved? just um, just a bunch of racism. So. Really, being yeah. racist toward you? I'm. Yeah. Okay. That's unfortunate. I mean, now, in the UK, are you forced to go to the government schools like you are here in the United States? Unless uh, your parents there have is private. Uh, there is private schools. Mm-hmm. Um, can you uh, homeschool? I'm pretty sure if you don't have it. Good um, question. I think you can, but you uh, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Here. Yeah, um, in some states in the United also, States. I'm pretty sure it's... you can get fined here for not going to school. Yep, uh-huh. they'll do that. Yeah. That's what they were threatening you with, uh, Laurel, if you're yeah. your kids. If she missed too many days. Right. They'd send cops. Um, yeah. With fines. Uh, yeah. And if you um, don't pay the fine, then the cops will arrest you. Yep, and yeah. then they'll take your kids from you, and then they'll claim you're a bad parent because you let the cops arrest Cause you. Because I, because I took them to Disney World. Yep. Yeah. If you ever get, if you ever made it to to Disney World uh-huh. in the first place, uh, like, you know, with our school, I feel like a lot of it's just kind of revision and useless tests. Uh-huh. You yeah. Know? And and how old are you, if you don't mind? I'm thirteen. Thirteen. Uh-huh. Wow. Sound sounds older yeah, than yeah. that. Uh, yeah, he does. Me. Um, so you're 13 years old. What do they call that? Like, would, like here in the United States, they have grade levels. So there's, they, they have kids. for years. They what? They have, we have something called years. We have like year six. Year, uh, so year okay. six is, uh, just before secondary school. And, okay. um, and so what year are you in at age 13? Uh, year, year, year eight. Year eight. Okay. Got it. Just, the second year of secondary school. So you basically and start at around parents. age five then? That's what that would be year one or is that year zero? I think that no, I think we call it uh, I think we start at year one, we don't have a year zero. Do you guys have like the grades like they have in the United States, like A, B, C, D, E, F that mm. you are awarded yep, for? They call no, them marks. We, we, we yeah, we have marks instead of grades. Are they letters or are they like how do they uh no, they're just numbers like something out of fifty or you uh, know. Okay. So a score. A more numeric score, yeah. basically. Okay. Yeah, so See, like, you learned that new things every you're night. Right. Yeah. I was wrong. <laughs> I don't know what so things are like over there. Be, uh so on a test there'd basically be you have sixty questions or whatever and then there you get a, a certain amount of points per question. Hmm. Right, it's so like one marks, two marks, blah blah blah. You know, you get extra marks for doing questions. And, and so, that. how many more years do you have? You're in uh, level or what was it? Grade eight. eight? Uh, Wait, how many more? Where is this uh, called? Year eight. I'm just the UK. UK, but where? UK. In the, I'm just curious. I'm uh, I'm trying to improve my guess on accents. Why don't you are take you, a crack? At are it? you from the Birmingham area? No, definitely not. Damn, <laughs> Damn it! How are you training where, on this, Johnson? Are yeah, you listening are you, to? Like, I've been regional listening dialects? to different, yeah, different regional dialects and, and trying to uh, pick up on accents. So, wait, where are you from then in the UK, um, roughly? 
God, I'm in a small town near London. Okay. Okay. All right. Big. So near um, the city. Are you Big listening city. to us on, on the internet? How are you listening to us? That's the only us? way it's possible. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm on Twitch. Yeah. Ah. Hey, thanks for watching. By the way, I want to compliment you, Aaron. I mean, you're, you're 13 yeah. years old, but you bring up better topics than 90... Mm-hmm. Eight ninety nine percent of the people who've yeah. called on Twitch because mm-hmm. normally I mean, it's, it's like fart noises right and uh, and <laughs> dropping f bombs and then you know we have yeah. to the dump button and we're really sad about it's, that. Yeah, it's one fifty three right now, so uh. I'm probably going to go sleep. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for the call, yeah, man. Yeah, we'll get tomorrow. back to bed. I appreciate right. it, man. Uh, it's Aaron there from the the UK. And yeah, it doesn't take a whole lot to you know call in and actually have a productive and interesting conversation. It just you know. Saying the F word on the air, like most of the people who call from Twitch, it doesn't get us anywhere. So thanks for that, Aaron, for outshining most of your contemporaries. Every so often I've had to call, uh, and I, it would be funny if it was the same kind of area, but um, there's a warehouse the company works for, I work for has a warehouse. ThinkPenguin.com. Yeah, in Twickenham, which is actually right near London. Okay. And I've had to call there before and, and speak to some folk on the phone and, and listen to the accent. It's fun. It's always does fun it, for me. Does it range or is it a pretty consistent accent? <laughs> it ranges. Yeah, uh-huh. it ranges because people, but, but they that move area, around. Yeah. Yep. Huh. So uh, you want to join us? You can. Our toll free number here, 855 450 free. Let's talk to Tom. He's in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. St. Vincent Catholic Charities in Michigan is suing the state of Michigan because the state funds adoption agencies and they won't fund that one. Uh, because it's on Catholic. religious grounds, mm-hmm. they, that's correct. The uh, <clears throat> religious grounds, uh, the uh, agency won't deliver the children into the hands of queers, and so uh, the state says, "Oh, that's against the rules. You're supposed you're not supposed to quote discriminate unquote against them." And one abs- one irony about this is if the queers are so upset that you know they don't get to have children. They knew that when they made that choice, and they can straighten out, and they know how to make a baby, a man and a woman. They should give that Maybe they try. don't want to make more babies. Maybe they want to <laughs> adopt a child who could use some parents and some love and being taken out of a damn you know orphanage or some foster home or something like that. And into something even worse, into the hands of homosexuals. You are so despicable on this topic. Um, I mean, haven't you ever met any gay people? Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I don't go out of my way to okay, meet you, uh, yeah, them. Okay, you don't go out of your house. Yeah, choice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I've I've met plenty of uh, gay people, and I think some of them were and uh, would be very, very good parents. People who would love the their children and and raise them very well. I just, you know, you're uh you're a homophobe, Tom, and it's it's pretty sad. No, I'm not a homophobe. I, I don't like queers. I'm not afraid of them. Well, well, what would, the, like what would you call that then? I, I don't like queers. That that uh is uh, So like a gay hater? I mean, what's is there like a is there a word for that? Somebody who's not a homophobe, you're not afraid of them. But you sure are obsessed with them and uh you sure do seem to have a lot of opinions that are negative Martin about Luther that. King, Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm-hmm. And those... Aren't you judging people by... Bad, aren't you judging I'm people judging by, by the their sexual their preferences? 
that that's the content of their character. They made a choice. It, no, they like, didn't. Uh, no, they what, didn't. And pretty much every gay person will tell you, everyone that I've ever talked to will tell you that it wasn't a choice, that it was something that they they were born with. Like they're certain that they were attracted to people of the same sex um, as early as one can be attracted to somebody else, that they always felt that it was something that, you know, they couldn't avoid. You know, some people have tried to take classes or whatever, get, pray the gay away uh, to or they've been forced into classes like that. And it doesn't work. In fact, we, we've seen stories where the people leading these classes will essentially relapse and finally admit that they that oh, they were gay the whole time. They just tried to suppress it. And so, Tom, I question you. I wonder if you're suppressing something. Thanks for the call. Toll free numbers 855-450-FREE. Cause people, I think he wants to have a... Uh... A relationship with a male officer, a cop, because he's into that too. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. Combine these two obsessions to together in the back of a cruiser. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, all right. So more on the way here. Eight fifty-five, four fifty. Free like freedom. We're going to talk about the workers in America coming up. It's free talk live. Would you like to hang out with Penn Gillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Freedom freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event, even with coupon code FTLEB. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry, but I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL, and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTLEB for a discount. It's Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the show. As always, you're invited here to join us. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, Johnson, you've got uh, what I would call kind of a related story. We've been talking about the economy and uh, business and regulations and let's talk about the workers uh coming up that's right o- right around the corner um by the way it's ian here with you tonight i'm laurel and i'm johnson first though we go to david he's calling us from new mexico david you're on free talk live go ahead yeah um first of all i had that exact same experience in school with attendance as laurel did and they, i was given the exact same line but you know different set of circumstances but the same thing and they did that to me you're referring to just so um for our listeners just tuning in you're referring to the story laurel told earlier where she was threatened by a school administrator over simply wanting to take her kids to disney world yeah yeah and i didn't get so far they didn't threaten me with the police but they they uh they definitely made an issue of it um, and and I was actually not going to Disney World, or at least I didn't think of it as Disney World. I was actually um, alternately driving and, and actually flying an airplane 100 miles 
from my hometown up to the big city in Minneapolis to attend college courses at the University of, of Minnesota when I was not at school. And they didn't they, they uh, still didn't like it because when I was not at school, they were not getting the daily dole from the government for my attendance. So, And that 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 uh, just fits right into the overall scheme of things, government racketeering, virtually everything, every operation that governments do, virtually every one of them is somehow tied to racketeering. And that's one of them because they, they were threatening to put you in jail at, uh, because you were not providing them with an item being a living, breathing child mm-hmm. uh, that they that they could make money off of. So you were you were hurting their revenue and they were going to put you in prison over that that revenue. Um, and if they no, did she that, wouldn't make it to prison, would, it'd just be jail. Well, jail. Yeah. yeah. And then while you were in jail, if you were somebody without uh, family, like many people are nowadays, then your child would be put in child protective service. Right. And that is. Yeah, and, and then good luck the getting them trial. back because mm-hmm. then they'll argue that oh you're not a responsible parent because you went to jail. Yeah, the state is going to file a uh, uh, the state state is going to go against you, which is different than my case. In my case, the the other parent is taking me to court, and the state is the the enforcer and the bully. Uh, but in your case, the state would have uh, come after you and opened up a court case against you as an unfit parent potentially. And then want to extract your child from your life, and you know once again that's child trafficking, and people are making money off of it because then the the workers that work for the state doing child protective service they're getting paid, mm-hmm. the judge is getting paid to administer the case, the prosecutor is getting paid to bring the case, the social workers are getting paid to provide their expert uh, services in and out of the courtroom, uh, and uh, then the if the child gets if you get the, your parental rights terminated uh, temporarily or permanently, then the foster care system is the foster parents are getting paid a monthly stipend and they're getting taxpayer uh, food. Many of whom are abusive. And we've seen stories of uh, foster parents locking children in cages, for instance, uh, feeding them the most barest of bare sustenance uh, just so they can maximize the paycheck, make the paycheck go as far as it can go for them. You know, the parents, but not for the the child. Uh, of course, plenty of other abusive situations have been entered into. We've even seen stories where bureaucrats who work for the child so-called protection services agencies are actually perverts and, you know, child pornographers and abusers and um, sick stuff, man. Thanks, David, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Of course, we're all forced to pay for it. You don't like it? You don't like them stealing people's children from uh, from other folks? Well, if you don't pay, then they'll come and they'll steal your house from you. And if you try to stay in your house and you try to tell them that it's not their house to take, then they're going to use guns uh, to get you out of that house. And then, of course, they've separated you from your kids in that case, and good luck getting them back like David was pointing out. So, I mean, it, they basically, I mean, what that teacher or that administrator didn't say to you when you were talking with them, Laurel, is that we own your kids. But that's basically what they were saying to you, that we will do what we want. You won't do what you want unless you have our permission. Unless you pull the kids out of school and and leave the public school system. And that's easier in some places than it is in others. Fairly easy in Texas, thank goodness. Yeah, Texas would probably be one of the better states. Mm -hmm. But we've heard in California 
that it is very difficult to get kids out of the government schools in California mm-hmm. and that there are you know the teachers unions and the uh, politicians that back them are incredibly hostile towards homeschooling and towards unschooling out in California that it's you know good luck mm-hmm. getting through whatever hoops that they put in front of you that for people that have uh you know kids you might want to look into some of these States where homeschooling isn't as regulated. In some states, they want like your curriculum from you. They want you to ask permission or get some sort of you know teacher-approved curriculum or whatever. There's all these dumb rules that they try to to put on parents that want to that want to homeschool. And some other states are less restrictive. Texas uh, is one areas. of the best. Yeah. Let's continue. We got Paul. He's in Los Angeles. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Paul. Yeah, Johnson. This sounds sure. like it's going to be good. Go ahead. LRN.FM. Uh, if I didn't recognize him there at first, 855 450 free. Sounded like he was trying to put a little Texas <laughs> twang on there. All right, Bye, we go James. on. Yep. 855 450 free. So, Johnson, let's talk about the workers in America. What's your story? Okay, so I have a story here from. JacobinMag.com. Jacobin. Sure. It's uh, Jacob- basically Jacobin. a left-wing rag, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, the story is from uh, Matt Brennig. But interestingly enough, the... the Let's just get a little bit of background here on Jacobin. It is a Democratic Socialist Quarterly magazine based <laughs> in New York, just to give you some idea of what's about to come. I've not read the article, but just to set the stage. Actually, ironically, the point that they make kind of works against their like thesis. Oh, really? Yeah. They just don't realize it? Yeah. So okay. it's not just left, it's left authoritarian if yeah. it's socialist. Democratic socialist yeah. uh, offering American leftist perspectives on politics, economics, and culture. So uh, the article says here, the title is, U.S. workers are paying high taxes, but without any of the benefits. Comparing labor tax rates across countries is a tricky endeavor. Some countries rely mostly on income and payroll taxes charged to workers, others on payroll taxes charged to employers. And not that different. Yeah. Still others on compelling workers and employers to pay private parties who provide pension and health insurance products. To get an apples-to-apples comparison, you have to normalize all of these various schemes into a single labor tax concept that actually reflects just how much labor compensation is being put towards compulsory payments of one sort or another. The ah. OECD uh. produces a number of taxing wages publications that each year permit like real page turners <laughs> permit this Ugh. sort of cross country comparison. Actually, there is some data that the OECD puts out that is very interesting. If you ever uh, look up uh, Hans, um, uh, I can't Rosling Hans Rosling's, um, uh, he talks about how basically the entire world is getting richer. Um, uh, there's a project called gapminder.org, mm. uh, GAP. Wasn't, I don't know if you were here, but uh, no, you wouldn't have been because it was Mark who actually reported on this, but maybe it's about what you were going to say is that the amount of poor people has been shrinking right. dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Capitalism has basically been lifting the entire planet out of poverty, poverty. Like, you know, even in these horrible countries, it's still having an effect to drag people out of poverty. Mm-hmm. Kicking and screaming in some cases. And like significant numbers. Give me my socialism. I can't. I can't have freedom. Ah! And and we're talking about significant numbers of population in just the last 20 years. Right. 
So yep. more coming up here uh, from your story about the the workers. What does the Jacobin magazine have to say about it? Yeah. And taxes. 855 450 free. And you know, I don't agree with forcing people to pay into retirement plans or whatever, so I would agree mm. that that's that's a bad thing. Uh, but there's, you know, people need options and they should be able to choose. 855 450 free like freedom. If you want to join us here, take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. You dial toll free if you want to join us on the radio. You can do that. Our number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. The Discord on-air column line rooms, they're open and available to you. So jump into one of those rooms and we will get you on the air with us tonight. By the way, it's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. Talking about uh, the workers and, uh, of course, the Democratic Socialists over at the Jacobin Magazine have a few things to say about it. Johnson, you wanted to share that with us here tonight. We're going to continue with that. Your calls and thoughts are welcome, though. Our number is 855-450-FREE. And, uh, by the way, the good news, we well, first of all, good news for DLive was they, um, they survived their stress test, which, mm. you know... Having the number one YouTube channel in the world mm-hmm. come onto your platform to do exclusive live streaming, PewDiePie is his name, is going to bring a bunch of new users to your to your system. Oh, you bet. And um, it held up fine. Uh, PewDiePie did his live broadcast on Sunday for the first time, and basically he gave away a bunch of cryptocurrency to... Blockchain does scale. Well, we're not sure how they're doing the video streaming. I don't think it has anything to do with blockchain, personally, because blockchain's an incredibly inefficient system. You know, it's it's good for transparency. It's good for redundancy. How does library work, right? I mean, how does... Yeah. You know, there are some blockchain streaming applications that are in existence that seem to work pretty well. Can you stream through library? I don't think you can. Uh, S- there's a site, spee.ch, that uh, does just that. Really? Yeah. That allows live streaming? Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I, I know about library, and I didn't even know that uh, that, yep. that was possible. All right. Well, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, cool, because all of our archives are up there on library, as oh, a matter good. of fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you want to follow us on DLive, it's our new video streaming platform. We're still on YouTube. We're still on Twitch. Uh, you can go to dlive.lrn.fm. The nice thing about DLive is it's a newer platform. It's only been around for like a year or so before they finally brought PewDiePie in. And now, of course, it's exploding in popularity as a result of that. I don't know. Maybe things will change. But to quote uh, somebody else who's here, it's not the platform for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, I don't, I looked you, at it you, and I'm You're like, on Twitch. You do your own channel on Twitch. Yeah. And I just, as I've been looking at it, I just looked at how, how it's laid out, how it's designed, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the community and I, I, I would know, say the I community, at sold. least of, of callers yeah. has been better. The, the DLive callers have actually like identifiably, we haven't really had any issue with DLive callers. Right. Um, that they, when we've asked them where they've called from, they've been calling from DLive and they've actually had something useful and interesting to say. So I don't know what, right. maybe it's just coincidence or whatever. We're still pretty new there, so who knows. But uh, just from a from a game streamer's perspective, which we don't do a whole lot of that on right. our channel, we'll do it every now and then. Like I played some Overwatch the other night for the first time in like three months or something like that. Right. Uh, but you know, you're relatively new on Twitch. You're newer than, than yeah, our channel so I is. Could, you know, easily, I would be in a position to more easily switch. Because I know Matt you know? Blasto, who was kind of like my introduction to Twitch. Um, she made it looks like she's made the flip to D Live and is getting 
as much, if not more, viewers there than she got on Twitch. Right. Because it's easier to stand out on a platform where you're not competing against two million. But what's going to happen when that changes real fast? You know, like in other words, once this platform starts to get bigger, yeah, sure, which I mean, will happen quickly, now. very quickly yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. So, and then there should be some sort of probably an equilibrium, and it's like then what happens? And so I don't know. I don't know you know, yeah. I don't know, but um, but you know, for our purposes. I have the ability to stream to more than one place simultaneously, right. so why not? Right. Um, I know that somebody pointed out that on Twitch there is a rule saying you have to exclusively stream to Twitch for like the first 24 hours or that the content has to be exclusive to Twitch. And my yeah. argument is our content is different. The content is at 480p on DLive <laughs> and at 720p on Twitch. Right. So Twitch is getting an exclusive. They're right. getting our exclusive HD quality feed. Right. You can't get that on any other platform. Right. So that's kind of my argument. Nobody's ever, I mean, maybe they've reported us for it, but Twitch has never, you know, they haven't banned right. the channel. Although they might tonight, because if you stay tuned on both Twitch and DLive. We're going to put them to the test again. Uh, Aria Demetso is in our studio awaiting her Aria Uncensored Episode 2, which is going to be coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll be only on those video streaming platforms. So DLive.LRN.FM. Follow us there. That's who I was quoting. So we might find out soon that DLive is, in fact, going to be the platform. For Arya after tonight. <laughs> oh, wait. You were quoting Arya. Yeah, I was quoting Arya. Oh. <laughs> but wait, you yourself are in favor or against DLive? Sorry. I, 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 well, I'm, I'm saying that DLive, I'm not really against DLive. Mm-hmm. I've just kind of chosen not and for decided you. to switch or to, to stick to Twitch. I see. You he's know, he's and, DLive-phobic. And, and I believe Arya was saying as well that uh, she wants to stick to Twitch. Oh, okay. But that might change after tonight. Who knows? Well, tonight she's <laughs> going to be on both. Right. And uh, the concern last time was that we would get kicked off of Twitch because Arya was planning on being topless. Right. And the Twitch rules on, like community guidelines as they call them for nudity and that kind of thing are not clear at all when right. it comes to toplessness on the platform right. you can interpret it to where basically no nudity including male nipples is even allowed but on the other hand we've done topless episodes of free talk live during the summertime it gets hot right. Right. and i was uh, not there you were not. Um, and there's no obligation to, to be topless. In fact, you, you would probably violate whatever rules there are because I, I you're, might, yeah. you're, uh, you're arguably a female. Uh-huh. And uh, <laughs> I haven't checked for myself, so I'm just going to say that it's believed. And I suspect the Twitch uh, administrators would believe you're a female as well. Uh-huh. But what happens when a trans person uh, takes their top off on video? Does that put them in an awkward a uh, situation where on one hand they want to be accepting and welcoming to trans people on the other hand is this female toplessness if the person identifies as female or is it still male toplessness and therefore okay which is why i wouldn't blame them if their policy was no nipples from anybody whatsoever right. but it's not clear that that's what their policy is no nudity is it's allowed too bad we don't know anybody locally who has the you know the the wherewithal and the the courage to come on who is a um, I'm trying. I'm very tired. Female so to I'm male. Trying, yes. 
who who could then yeah, I don't know. also go topless and say, but, but Which, I identify yeah, as right. male, so they're who's, male nipples. Right, whose breasts are bigger? I mean, is it the size? <laughs> is it the aerial? And the, and aerial for, only offensive on and females? And have you do the stream together so that if Twitch ever says something, that they have to explain one way or the other, mm-hmm. and they have to clarify, well, which one is it? Is it the the uh, male identifying or the female identifying person that caused the issue? I suspect they would not feel they had to explain any of those things and would probably just shut you down without I, explanation. I, I have a feeling the media would tell them otherwise. Well, yeah, that is part of the <laughs> that is kind of part of the troll is to set them up to ban a, a trans person and then make hay out of it, right. essentially. So the smart thing to do on their from their part would be to leave the stream alone, and that's actually what they ended up doing last time. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, tune in over at dlive.lrn.fm or twitch.lrn.fm. So if you want the HD, it's on Twitch. If you want the SD quality, the normal uh, lower resolution, dlive's got that. And that's actually a good thing because some people do want the choice. Some people, they don't have the bandwidth to handle uh, 720p on right. Twitch, so dlive gives them an option. Uh, so that's coming up at 10 p.m. Eastern time or just after 10 p.m. Eastern on those streams. So stay tuned for that. On our internet video streams, we continue with more from the Jacobin uh, Johnson, the story you brought in about workers and I'm not really sure what else. So we'll get into it uh, on Free Talk Live. I haven't read the story. 855-450 free. And your calls and thoughts are welcome here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live has found that though U.S. financial institutions are prohibited from doing business with foreign gambling websites, it's not illegal for U.S.-based Internet users to gamble on those sites. People have been using VPNs or virtual private networks to connect to sites like games.bitcoin.com and play games with Bitcoin Cash. Games.bitcoin.com features poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, keno, slots, and dice. You can conduct your own investigation at games.bitcoin.com. It's Free Talk Live. Uh, You can dial in toll-free here. Bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. With you tonight, by the way, it's Ian. I'm Laurel. And I'm Johnson. And we're going to your phone calls, then more to uh, the story that Johnson brought to share with us tonight about the workers. Uh, But first, let's go to Foxy G on the line here and i apologize I, I should have screened you to make sure your audio was good but uh hoping that it'll work out foxy g are you with us can you hear me okay yeah actually it worked out good 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 welcome i i take a little bit of pride in my audio setup here so i appreciate uh any feedback you've you've done well and uh you uh f- apparently found us again tonight on d live i saw you come into the chat room saying lrn's here yeah man it's been wild um I, I don't know if you saw my chat. I know a bunch of you guys from the the old Porkfest days. I met you guys almost nine years ago. Damn. Porkfest 2010. I still have the uh, I came, I saw Make It Hot t-shirt that nice. I believe Johnson I made, did. right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's hanging in my closet right now. It's a small world. You know man. what's funny? I never got one of those. <laughs> one of the shirts you made? <laughs> yeah, one of the shirts I made. I never got one. Oh, well. Can't win them well, all. Well, <laughs> Just a, just a, I don't know, back in February, I started streaming over here. So I'm, I'm kind of on the same boat with you guys. Uh, I, I don't stream on Twitch. I stream over on Mixer. And then I heard about this new platform that runs off of the blockchain. And I said, I got to check this out. And 
uh, sure enough, like this has become my new home. Really? And Why is it uh, better? What is what was it that made you decide to go with DLive? I, I don't want to use the word better. I want to use the word different. Hmm. And and the reason I say that is because you have your hardcore gamers out there. That's all they care about. Uh, over here on DLive, the, the, the actual D itself stands for decentralized. Are and you sure about I, that? Because that's what we speculated, but we weren't sure. I don't know if any of us ever saw it written anywhere. Uh, the marketing director told me that, oh, okay. so I, I I feel like I I, I believe him, but he might have just been you know blowing smoke a little bit there too. At the same time, who knows? As far as I'm concerned, that's what it means to me. We still Especially haven't been able with- to find any kind of like program that's like the equivalent of a full node so for listeners that aren't familiar in the world of cryptocurrency like bitcoin for instance there are about 10 or eleven thousand what they call full nodes these are people that have a copy of the entire blockchain which is every transaction that's ever occurred that's the the ledger basically they've got that copy of that which is like 200 gigabytes right now it's huge uh it just keeps getting bigger because just keeps getting added to so you got to have a lot of space and you know the ability to to run this thing uh, but we couldn't find anything like that for DLive. Have you been shown any tools like that to kind of like add your server or your computer to the the, the network? Uh, not specifically for binding purposes or anything like that. As far as I understand it, uh, they have a certain amount of what they, I guess they call them validators. Mm-hmm. And, and you can get to that level after you have a certain amount of locked Lino points as well as what I, I guess I should call liquid Lena points. So there's kind of a, a difference between the two. Every time you get a certain amount of Lena points, you can lock them in. And uh, then I you, see. You can't use them anymore to, to uh, say, tip a streamer that you like or, you know, give to somebody else. It basically just locks it into the point where you're collecting more Lena points off of a certain percentage that was gifted to other streamers during that day. And these are, by Um, the way, uh, the points you're talking about are the cryptocurrency or the purported cryptocurrency that's behind the DLive platform. So they've also said that people that have these locked points will be able to participate in like a decentralized autonomous organization or some sort of decision-making apparatus. Have you been introduced to that since you've been around since February on this platform? Does that exist yet? Yep. And, okay. and so, so far, I've been asked one question. It's the same question every time I go to claim my uh, locked points rewards. So uh, they're they're still working on that. It is, as you mentioned earlier, it's a very you know new platform. So they're still working on a lot. Right, of as I understand there. it, it's still in what they call a test net status, meaning that. Right. You know, they're they're taking real money. Like you can buy these Lino points with a credit card, with uh PayPal, with other cryptocurrencies. So they're taking real money in and they're handing out these Lino points and then in reverse they're handing out real money in in return for the Lino points. So it's an effective it's it's a working system, but it's not to the where it's not to the point where you can actually take the Lino points and go on a Bitcoin exchange and exchange them uh, outside of the the D Live system, so it it does seem to be a very early concept, and they've been around for like a year, from what I understand it. So they must have thought they were ready for prime time uh, by bringing over, I mean, PewDiePie, mm-hmm. the number one YouTube right. channel. I mean, it's a huge. I mean, to be able to poach the number one anything, he's got ninety anywhere. million subscribers. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> 
So, uh, so that's cool, man. That's cool that we met you at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Any, any plans to... Uh, what if T-Series also jumps ship next? <laughs> they're up there. They're up on DLive. Oh, they are already they? are? Yeah. See, I'd never heard of them before like a few days ago. This is the channel that's been competing with PewDiePie. Yeah. 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 On DLive the other day, I think it was Vincent who pointed it out to me. He said there was like a top two and uh, the T-Series was like they, they had topped PewDiePie for like a few hours or something like that. So, on D Live already? Yeah, on D Live. Oh my yeah. God. So the fight continues so on D Live. Can you D-Live explain too? this fight for listeners that, you know, you sound so like you they, know a thing or yeah, two about Yeah, so it. they've been uh, going back and forth. These are two YouTube channels yeah. that have been fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at 93 okay. million subscribers. And uh, I guess now uh, across platforms, there are 94. There are almost to 95 million subscribers each on YouTube. On I think it's now they're now they're calculating it on the combined platform oh i say combined okay and there are people who are subscribing to pewdiepie not so much because they're fans but because they support the whole idea of an independent creator pewdiepie Mm -hmm. is really just one guy for a long time it was just one guy Mm -hmm. and then i think uh not too long ago he hired uh an assistant or two people i think for camera work and editing but it's really it's pewdiepie whereas t-series is a big company is it it was yes it's a big company in what do they do is it like a gaming plat like they play video games on Uh, music videos Mm -hmm. oh they are bollywood music videos like that bollywood videos and music videos from like you know india which makes absolutely no sense that they would have a huge international <laughs> audience because the world mostly speaks English, That's true. not Hindi or, you know, whatever. So, Foxy G, were you just calling to talk shop? I, I pretty much wanted to welcome you guys to DLive hey, and thanks. let you know it's it's very exciting to see you guys streaming over here. There's a lot of other freedom-oriented streams that have been popping Good. up since PewDieception as we've been calling it. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, bring it on. I'm looking forward to checking in on you guys every night. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully uh, they'll keep us out of the mature dungeon because the one thing that the one thing that has been, if there's any disappointment for me with, with DLive, was that all of a sudden, out of nowhere, our stream was locked to the mature uh, option. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that meant that we don't show on the, the main page by default because anybody that's mature is by default not shown. You have to like, throw a little toggle switch to see the and it's not an easy to find toggle switch necessarily it's kind of pretty small and so i contacted their tech support over the weekend and it took them a couple days because i'm sure they're loaded with requests with the influx of new users Um, but they did finally get back to me and they uh, they said that you're not you're not uh on the mature tag anymore so you know just make sure you follow the rules but one of the rules on d live is political talk is supposed to be labeled as mature uh-huh. Doesn't matter what you're talking, you know, what your opinion is, it's you're supposed to be labeled as mature. As, as long as they're doing talk. it for everybody. As long but as all political points of view are. My mature. argument is we are not a political talk show because we are anti politics typically. We're mostly find the Republicans and Democrats mm-hmm. and such to be despicable politicians I consider to be some of the worst human beings on the planet. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that was going to persuade them, but they did take the tag off. So I'm happy about that. And I'm hoping that, you know, maybe with this decentralized autonomous organization that they're working on, maybe the, maybe that rule can get voted away or can uh-huh. be, can be removed at some point. So that's my hope. But otherwise I've, uh, I've had a positive experience so far. So Foxy G, thanks for the call tonight, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. Check his channel out over there on DLive. What is it? DLive.tv slash Foxy what? G. Slash Foxy G. There you go. We got more coming right. up here. Uh, and you can join us. And hopefully Foxy G is going to get on up to uh, Forkfest. 
since he went to Porkfest a decade ago. Check out Forkfest.party to learn more about the upcoming Liberty Camping event that will be decentralized with no tickets, no bureaucrats, no board of directors. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have the Discord on-air call-in-line room over at discord.lrn.fm. There's four of them, actually, so hop in any one of those. We'll notice you there, and then we'll get you on the air with uh, here with us, and that's uh, including me, Ian. I'm Laurel. I'm Johnson. Don't forget to join us online over at freetalklive.com. Don't forget we also have uh, our live video streams, as I said, Aria Uncensored, up next at dlive.lrn.fm and twitch.lrn.fm for those of you. And don't forget to buy t-shirts. Oh, thanks for the reminder (laughs) on that. Over at, uh, sorry, spacing. LibertyMinded.com. LibertyMinded, thank you. (laughs) LibertyMinded.com. What's going on over there right now? Uh, nothing really new. I mean, I'm still just uh, selling the same products. I haven't added anything new yet, but official Free Talk Lab merchandise. And, it's still uh, there. It is still there. And it is available. We've got hoodies. We've got T-shirts. Offensive police-hating and socialist-hating uh, products that are there if you want to uh, trigger some people. Is it hating uh, when you're just not really making hating. fun of them? Not hating. I shouldn't say there's... Well, yeah. The police one is going to earn you some hate, probably, yeah, if you're wearing it. set people off. Yeah, but, uh, you know, like, there's there's just some triggering there. Uh, but there's uh, some, you know, one of the ones that's popular is the uh, the circular reasoning of government. I've got that one, mm-hmm. which is this, this concentric circles of, of words. circular logic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so th- there's those are there, and I will be adding more soon as I get time. I've just been swamped. He is Johnson, and you can find him over at LibertyMinded.com. Some great T-shirts available for cryptocurrency, plus right. credit Lots cards and PayPal. Cryptos. That stuff, too. Uh, LibertyMinded.com, and we continue. Uh, J- Johnson, you were telling us about this article from the Jacobin. It's uh, about the workers in the United States. Where mm-hmm. do we leave off? We so, didn't get too far in. So I'm going to just rehash, start over the paragraph that I was at. The OECD produces a number of uh, page-turning uh, taxing wages publications each year that permit this sort of cross-country comparison. So again, they're trying to compare uh, what the actual amount that people are paying in taxes in different countries. Most of these publications focus on converting formal labor taxes into a standardized format that allows researchers to calculate comparable labor tax wedges across the various tax schemes. But formal taxes are limited because they omit non-tax compulsory payments, NTCPs. NTCPs are payments workers and employers are legally compelled to pay private parties. So like the retirement package. Sure. NTC- 401k, as yeah. they call it. NT- and you know Social Security, and I think all that stuff as well. NTCPs are no different from right. taxes except that- Well, NTC- no, they wouldn't qualify as Social Security because they're talking about private companies. Oh, right. 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 So they're specifically talking about like retirement, dental, or whatever. Right. So NTCPs are no different from taxes, except that NTCPs are made to private corporations like health insurance companies rather Mm -hmm. than to the government. So I guess even if you're paying, uh, you know, automatically to a health insurance company, that would be considered, you know, forced payments. But weren't the the socialists, the people who rallied to have health insurance coverage? That's what I'm saying. This article doesn't necessarily make the point that you'd think it would. Occasionally, the OECD publishes the information that combines the formal taxes and NTCPs together in order to allow researchers to compare compulsory payment rates across countries. 
The last time they did this is in 2018. The 2018 OECD publication acknowledges that employer health insurance premiums in the United States are NTCPs because they are mandated under Obamacare's employer and individual mandates. But the publication nevertheless excludes employer health premiums from its U.S. NTCP calculations because the authors say these premiums cannot be modeled to their satisfaction. The apparent reason these mandated premiums are incompatible uh, with the OECD's taxing wages model is that they are open-ended payments. Employers and employees have to buy private insurance regardless of its cost. If the mandated premiums were set by law as a fixed sum per worker or percentage of payroll, as in other countries, then they could be included in the figures. The OEC- so is that what they're asking so for? They're, is to, yeah. Is yeah to, they're advocating socialized medicine, basically. Yeah. They're exactly. saying that there should be a, um, a set amount per worker for healthcare coverage, is what they're saying there? Uh, well, they're just trying to document uh, exactly what mm-hmm. workers are paying. And he's kind of going in, he's uh, laying out what he's done to actually show these tax rates, what the overall tax rate is, including these NTCPs. So- here, here's the kind of crux. He says the OECD may not be able to include employer-based health insurance premiums into its model, but I certainly can. <laughs> and when I add them into the OECD model, I find that the average American worker has one of the highest compulsory payment rates in the developed world. Well, this comes back around to what we were talking. Like I said, this might tie in with Laurel's uh, story without having read it, and it and it does. Um, because we were talking about the market power, this mm-hmm. this measurement that I'd never heard of before, but measuring how much above a competitive level they could charge, you know, they can increase their profits, that they can just arbitrarily increase the amount of profit that they're making on whatever. Basically, you've got a similar situation here where these health insurance companies are given guaranteed audience or guaranteed customers because everybody who works is forced into paying into one of these systems. Mm -hmm. And so they can just charge whatever they want to charge, basically. I'm going to try and skip around a little bit to simplify this. It basically goes into talking about how coverage is broken down, single payer, but, you know, paid by the employer or by the employee. He's talking about how you can compute it a compulsory payment rate that is comparable to the compulsory payment rate the OECD produces for other countries. Basically, he says, to be clear about what I'm doing here, following the following graph provides a detailed breakdown of the difference between what we normally think of as the employee taxes and the OECD concept of compulsory payments. This is a graph for a married wage earner with two kids who earns the average wage and has a family insurance plan, plan through their employer. And it basically shows uh, the different... Uh, like employee tax, labor tax, and then with compulsory payments. And you see that with the compulsory payments, it's like four times as large. We're talking like- As the ta- as the like, compulsory tax. Yeah, like the employee tax is below 10000 With the labor tax, it's above 10000 With all the compulsory payments, it's above 30000 Wow. You know, and this is for one person? Yeah, that's for one- uh, No, uh, a married worker married. with two kids. Okay. So yeah, one person, but gotcha. married with two kids. If you're going to count employer-side payroll taxes and employee, uh, pre- employer premium contributions towards the labor tax burden, then you're also going to need to count those things as worker pay. The following- sure. So like uh, the, what is it, 13.5% or whatever that goes to Social Security, there's a chunk of that, half of it, that is taken out before it makes it to the paycheck. Mm-hmm. That's money that they would otherwise be paying the right. worker if they weren't forced 
to because they have to exactly. allocate that money to that worker. They, yeah. That's that's part of their payroll. Yep. And so they're willing to pay that to have you employed. You just don't get to you don't see it. It doesn't even show up exactly. on your paycheck. So he makes another graph here that mirrors the one above, except it shows what the average wage really is when you count all the employer's labor costs, not just the cash that it pays to the employees. So it shows like if you were just paying wages, the employee makes a little bit, you know, like $52,000 a year mm-hmm. or something like that. But if you after in, taxes, right, after after all yeah. the extractions. Uh, that, and- no, that might be their gross. That's their gross okay. wages. OK. And then their gross wages, if you add the employer tax in, it's uh, like. Fifty-five, fifty-eight thousand, something like that. And mm-hmm. then, if you add in the plus employer premium, then it's up above seventy thousand dollars a year. And that includes the health insurance and all, yeah, all, that. all the premiums. If we premiums. didn't have to pay all of these taxes and government mandated things, right. we'd be making seventy grand a year. If you were a re- and, if you were an average American, essentially. And if you could keep all that money and then go shopping for insurance, imagine that. Then what would that do to the prices? But I don't know if they're trying to make that point. Even though it no, seems extremely obvious and clear, right, no. I don't think that this commie publication is trying to make this No, he already advocated what he wanted earlier. Yeah. He wanted a, a set amount to come out of every employee's right. uh, paycheck. Yeah. So he says, finally, we can divide each labor tax concept by each pay concept to show the difference between what we often think of as the employee tax rate and the actual compulsory payment rate, the share of labor cons- compensation going to tax and NT- NT. CPs. Well, if he were a true communist, he would be advocating for the elimination of paychecks right. and uh, just having everybody just do work for the sake of work. So this is insane. Employee tax, 14%, right? That's what mm-hmm. the average employees are paying tax. Labor tax, 21%. Compulsory payments, 43%. Wow. That's the rate that's being paid. The comprehensive measure. Well, this is what people wanted, right? They wanted to not have to think. They right. wanted to not have to. Oh, let, let me just get a job, and then all my you know healthcare needs will be covered, and I won't have to actually shop around, and I won't have to you know figure anything out. This is so why this I don't like that. I don't don't like people getting health insurance through employment. I think mm-hmm. we should stop doing that altogether. It's a terrible plan. because it discourages people from being self-employed. Yeah. So this puts it in perspective that in America, how bad it actually is. This is like it's funny that they're finding this like real figure that compares us to Europe. The comprehensive measure shows that a married couple with two kids that makes the average ways pays over 43% of their income in compulsory payments of one sort or another. Health premiums are 26.4% of the 43.2 points. It's brutal. There's more to this article. I mean, well, you know, I'll hand it over to you or whatever. Yeah, we'll share it on the uh, social medias over at twitter.freetalklive.com. We're we're only behind the Netherlands in how much we pay of our income toot.freetalklive.com for our Mastodon and telegram.freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. This is a special alert for business owners, consultants, coaches, folks planning retirement, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is saving and investing to build a financial future. You are likely aware that financial privacy for most people has recently died a miserable death. And let's face it. Without privacy, there really is no security, is there? Bankrupt governments and banks on the verge of collapse are perhaps the biggest threat to your financial future today. 
The Lighthouse Law Club recognizes this and has been working diligently to provide safe, secure, and productive tools to ensure your privacy, your financial security, and your future financial well-being, despite the catastrophes which many people fear are looming ahead of us. Find out more with a variety of free videos on the YouTube channel for Lighthouse Law Club. Just search YouTube for Lighthouse Law Club and secure your future today.